Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Establish the Collection. I am Cody Main, joined as always by my co-host Gary Hartman. Gary, how's it going, buddy? Cody, it is doing doing all right, all, all things considered, man. It's uh, what are we, October 14th? You know, in that kind of fallish time in New York City, it's pretty nice weather, honestly, still, and just enjoying football season, man. I I like fall. It's a fun sports time of year. We got basketball starting up. We're almost a championship series of baseball time. F1 season's hot. So, you know, life is good. Life is good, Cody. Life is great. You forgot to mention the UFC, which uh, I will reprimand you later for forgetting to mention the UFC, (laughs) but we're starting, the sports are starting to heat up, man. The sports are really starting to heat up. We've been very football-centric on this show. We're going to change gears today. Uh, if, if you guys have been with us from the early days, you'll remember our underdog draft where we tried our best to draft an underdog team uh, in the NFL and also talk through NFL sports card markets. We did so uh, somewhat successfully, I would say, if, if we're if we're giving ourselves uh, a fair assessment of that episode. We're going to try and do that damn thing again, Other, uh, except for this time we're going to be drafting a NBA team and talking through the NBA sports card market. So... If you guys are new here, uh, that's what we'll be going through today. If you're new to Establish the Collection or new to Establish the Run, go sign up now for the Establish the Run NBA bundle. Save yourself some money. Get access to an entire season's worth of NBA content, including the NBA Draft Kit that's got Mike Gallagher's Top 150. We got best ball rankings that we'll be using tonight. All of the NBA in-season content that I know Gary is going to be helping out with a lot this year. Uh, so if you guys want to crush NBA best ball, if you want to crush NBA season long, if you want to crush NBA DFS, go sign up. Gary, tell the people what you're going to be helping out with on the NBA side, because I think a lot of that stuff is going to be informing your NBA collecting advice throughout the season as well. Yeah, there is nowhere on the interwebs that you will find better NBA fantasy content than established the run. I can tell you firsthand, uh, Mike Gallagher just slaving away Mm -hmm. with content and and just the best in the biz from a news and rankings perspective. Drew Dinkmeyer, Andrew Wiggins, all of us uh, on the team, including myself, uh, I'll be slaving away week in, week out, uh, day in, day out on projection help, uh, minutes, uh, rates, things like that, usage rates, things that uh, create a fantastic fantasy DFS nightly projection you know this is a nightly slate guys if you're grinding away at that stuff you you need the help you need the projections i'll be helping out there i'll be doing two to three live shows a week uh right before lock with drew dinkmeyer so you know if you if you want to see more of me if you're into hoops and you're into nba dfs please go buy the uh the draft kit the bundle uh, a bunch of great stuff that we we have coming i'm so so pumped for hoops to start next week Yeah, the NBA season is an absolute grind, but it is also a blast and plenty of stuff happens throughout the season that's going to impact players' card markets. We're already seeing it with preseason hype uh, and and as things start to round into form in peak peak NBA draft season. So without further ado, Gary, why don't you share your screen? Let's hop into an underdog draft. We'll see how long it takes this bad boy to fill up. Uh, and as we await it to fill, we'll kind of talk through some of our favorite buys here. Yep. uh, I have a surprise. I have a surprise up for you first. Let's take a look at our, our team that's in second place right now from a football. Oh, record. hell yeah. Let's freaking go, dude. So, uh, yeah, here, yeah, we're, we're crushing it. So if we recall, we got we got the uh, the DAC Amari Cooper stack, which is doing OK. It's hell doing yeah, right. we did. Uh, and we have the Najee Harris, who I think is outperforming expectations right now. Right. He's got I mean, he's what is he playing on 100 percent of snaps still? He, he had a 19 target game. He is an absolute, uh, absolute workhorse monster. Yeah, maybe Cat, maybe the box score results haven't quite been there yet. 
certainly no efficiency with that Steelers no, offense, but but you know, catching a ton of balls. And here are a couple things that happen here. We if last week was any sign for AJ Dillon, we're looking good with RB2 because between him and Latavius Murray being the RB1 in Baltimore, yeah. you know, we could string it together there. Hines, you know, he's got Marlon Mack eating to his work a little bit, but he'll come it together. Ignore the bottom two. Uh, let's go to wide receiver. Um, Amari Cooper, we know. Jamar Chase, I mean, hey, every freaking week this guy's catching a long touchdown or two, right? It's unbelievable. Probably the, probably the best pick of our draft. When did we get Jamar Chase? Because that uh-uh, was probably not, peak. not the best pick of our draft. Uh oh. Okay. Okay. Skip Jerry. Unfortunately, oh, we lost baby. Jerry Judy for the season. Oh. But the best, the best pick of our draft, no doubt, was Mike freaking Williams. Was our fourth receiver. We picked Jerry Judy above him, and uh, I mean that guy is just carrying anything at this point to, uh, to yeah, success. Mike. So. Mike is an absolute monster. I, uh, you know what? You're you're the DFS guy of the group. Why don't you take a? We'll give you sixty seconds here. Can I get a DFS minute from Gary? How did your week five go, Gary? <laughs> yeah, you'll get a you got a quick second, uh, folks, ladies and gents. I took down a, a GPP. I'm happy to know that. Right, uh, won the slant thirty grand. That's great. Not only that, did I win the slam for 30 grand? Um, I put up what I believe to be, at least in most ma- major tournaments, I, I did some digging, the highest score on DraftKings this past week at 260. What was it? I forgot my score. 263.3, I think. How do I know this better than you? 263.44. That's what it was. Thank you. I, uh, so 263.44 um, with a a chalky but unconventional lineup, if you ask me, because it was it was a lot of chalk because I knew I had a good feeling chalk was going to hit this week, but it was less correlation than you think because when chalk hits, you don't need as much correlation. And um, it had uh, just enough of non-chalk, a.k.a. our boy Mike Williams at 3% owned, uh, to, to really take it down. So... Uh, I say I say this kind of somberly because I, I still haven't gotten over the fact that I had that lineup in the millionaire in a couple other lineups that I late swapped off of to get more chalky. And I got off of Mike Williams because I'm a freaking moron. And uh, I could have been a two-time millionaire maker winner, yet I'm sitting here $30,000 richer. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. It was a very good DFS week for me. But uh, just, you know, a bitter, the, the most bittersweet 30K that I could that could possibly win. But hey, you know what? It's a good sign. Only week five and we're having some fantasy success. So. There would have been no break room in the country, no F1 break room in the country safe from <laughs> Gary Hartman had you shipped another Millie. Let's just be honest. Oh, baby. <laughs> Nothing. Nowhere. I would have bought up every every F1 Sapphire box I could possibly find. Those things are around $2,000 a box right now. By oh, the way. I would have bought up every single one. Anyway, uh, we also have Travis Kelsey in this lineup. This guy's a contender. Just just saying. We you got know, a shot. We'll, we'll we got we'll a shot. Let's let's so, ignore the running back position. We, yeah, we kind of sucked it. out on Latavius, to be honest, because I think we when we drafted him, he was still in New Orleans. Yeah, he was still in New Orleans. Yeah, was to- <laughs> totally, lucky. totally lucky. But anyway, we All digress. Right, let's... Let's hop Let's, into a small ball here. Uh, again, as we mentioned off the top, Underdog is uh, launching their NBA product. They crushed it last season. I had a lot of success last season, due in, in no part to my own drafting skills, mostly in part to the ETR NBA team. So huge shout out to the, the Establish the Run team. We're going to try again here and, and see if we can find some success and also talk through some NBA markets as we do this. We're waiting for 10? Yeah. I'm trying to zoom right. in a little bit so you can see it better. Actually, this will be good. This now will be waiting good. for we'll eleven have... because it looks like that guy left. So uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> they saw G that. Hartman enter the lobby and they're like, "Hell no, <laughs> hell no!" All right, we're back. We're back to ten, uh, which is good. But let's have a little just kind of NBA talk while we while we wait here because I mean we are five six days away. By the time you're listening to this, by four or five days away from tip off of NBA season, which I believe is Tuesday the nineteenth, coming up here. Uh, very very excited. There's, you know, it, there's, it should be a very fun season ahead. There's, you know, with this Kyrie stuff in Brooklyn, there isn't necessarily one perennial, you know, favorite. Uh, although I, I, I would say that they're, they're definitely up there. But um, 
it's it should be a really great season. I, I my only concern is last year is from a from a macro view is just the injuries and the grind on these bodies since that bubble period is just so so crazy. But let's try to not worry too much about that and just enjoy a regular season of hoops coming up. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking from a macro point in the cards market as well, I sent over some some data that I had collected before the episode. Uh, we're seeing the base market even as we hit you know peak buying windows in the off season, heading into the regular season hype window. We're seeing the base market still down. You know, that's it's something that we've talked about uh, with PSA getting through their backlog with more of these cards in circulation now. There's just more supply. Uh, we're going to, I think we're going to continue to see these markets dip a little bit. You're probably going to see us start to talk more about the silver markets, even though those are a little bit more higher in, uh, for some players, certainly. But, uh, what are your thoughts just on the general shift from, you know, kind of, we, we went through this whole, whole with the, the upswing of the card market base PSA tens were kind of what we had talked about. Even, even back to the beginning of this episode, base T PSA tens were just the, the standard in the hobby. We're starting to see all those things fluctuate downwards. What are your thoughts on base versus silver and any other in insights that you have just on kind of a macro NBA market? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we're basically getting to the point now where you and I are saying uh, we, we're ready to evaluate these things more from a refractor and silver market because these these markets have dipped so much from the base that it's it's probably not even worth you know, monitoring that with some of these super high pop counts on that stuff mixed with the fact that these markets have tanked so badly. And I don't think that's true for across the board, right? We've talked about this. It's it's really the ultra modern 2018 and up especially, but some 2016, 2017 as well. Uh, when you get before that, you're, you're, you're still pretty safe talking about uh, base markets. Devin Booker, Nikola Jokic here and before 2015, especially 2016, even a little bit, you're pretty safe, I think, talking about. It. So it's not going to be an uh, overarching rule that we're going to monitor and, and talk about these guys' markets from a silver perspective. But I do think it's fair for uh, super modern Luka, Zion, uh, even 2017 with Tatum, um, you know, uh, M Mitchell, you know, uh, Trey Young, all those guys. I think I think looking at their silver market is is a better way to indicate what their uh, overall market is is doing. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. As we see some of these base markets down, we're still seeing silver markets for the same players up. So I think that's also probably a pretty good indicator that you know the market is starting to shift in that direction. They're starting to see pop counts. Understand that these aren't necessarily as rare uh, or as sought after as prices had indicated prior. So I, I you know, and, and as we've talked about in past episodes, that's somewhat healthy. You know, some of these base cards shouldn't have been as high as they were. Uh, you know, even in the past six months or prior. So seeing these lower pop count silver cards continue to gain as we head into the NBA season is healthy, I think, for the uh, the overall NBA market and the hobby as a whole. With that said, do you have any off-season buys as we head into the final six days before the, the season kicks off? Yeah, yeah, totally. So let's talk about some guys that um, I had been buying a little bit. Now, those windows might be past us mm -hmm. slightly for some of these guys because – you know, in, in fairness to us, these guys did what they had to do in preseason and in training camps, got themselves into uh, better parts of the rotation, really balled out in preseason. So uh, some of the guys that I'm going to talk about have probably really already seen these mega spikes, but just maybe names to keep an eye on as we as we go into this season. So um, I'll start out with a guy that I just kind of had already up on my screen as I was looking at their data, and that is Jordan Poole of Golden State. So um, he's someone that has just been the darling of Steve Kerr's eye, I think, throughout the offseason. He's really kind of catapulted himself into that starting role for at least while Clay is still on the shelf. And I think even when he comes back, he is at least going to be the sixth man on this team with, with real uh, role, whether they, you know, in, in the playoffs, if they get there and just in their crunch time minutes. So he's somebody that 
um, is actually, I, I can't believe his PSA Silver 10 is all the way up to $434 card Crazy. right now. <laughs> and over the last month, we've seen a 114% rate of growth. Now this pop is 386 and growing. I have to go scrounge my closets because I have some of these, a bunch of these different colors. I got a bunch of this stuff and I, I have to get right. I, I, I think for some of the rare stuff, I actually, I, I might have to like bite the bullet and send it to PSA because if he starts the season as strong as his preseason and offseason season has been, we're going to start seeing peaks of somebody like Jordan Poole. So I would say he's been abiding me all this offseason, but just keep it on because we're, we might get peaks uh, of somebody like him coming up here. So a month ago, Jordan Poole would have been a guy that you could get for around $200, as you mentioned, up to 430 450 in that range now. Is he still a buy for you heading into the season, or is this just kind of a wait and see right now, or or maybe even prep to sell as much yeah. as the offseason hype has boosted his card market? It's a mix of two things. It's a mix of prep to sell and see what kind of like raw colored stuff you can you mm -hmm. can snag on, on like an uh, auction or something. You know, whatever level you're comfortable with. But if you get like a blue color match, like meaning it matches his jersey out of 99, I have, I think I have one actually. Um, I wish I had it with me right now, but uh, something like that, like that you can get that raw and you think it looks okay. You know, because even that might be something you could flip for for a little bit better if he does it on a primetime game against the Lakers. He drops 26, something like that. You know, uh, again, you have to be ready for those windows. But yeah, it's a mix of, I'm not buying that, P that PSA uh, 10 at 434, but you know, his PSA 9. Is also up pretty big, obviously, but that's more affordable at the $130 uh, tier right now and also a 300 pop. So it's it's somebody that you have to be a little bit careful of because people get so excited about ultra modern, but you understand yeah. it. I mean, he's playing next to Clay. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, well, yeah, eventually Clay's playing next to Curry and, and Draymond and in a, an offense where he is seemingly taking over at least that, uh, uh, you know, at, at the worst, the third scoring option right now on that team next to Wiggins and Curry, I would say. So right. he's, he's an exciting prospect. There's no doubt. He's only a third-year player. It, it, you know, just another point on how quickly these buying windows can close on these players in the offseason. You know, had we done this episode two weeks ago or a month ago, we probably would have gotten that price, uh, you know, at the $200 range as opposed yep. to the 430 450 that we're seeing it at now. One of my buys this offseason, and again, buying window has quickly snapped shut, at least from what we could get a month ago, uh, OG and Anobi. Uh, this this dude talk about preseason hype cycle, offseason hype cycle. It's it's buoyed OG's market to new highs. He was good offensively last season, but with Lowry gone, with Siakam on the shelf, this dude's going to have to handle a big, big, big offensive load. We've seen the market respond pretty quickly this offseason. Um, so his his silver PSA 10 from the two, 2017 class is up 60%. Over the last 30 days for a price of 360 right now. So I'm kind of in the same same boat as you are with your Jordan Poole buys. You know, if you were getting that stuff in the offseason in the $200 range, great. Hold on to that. See how the season starts. I think he's going to put up big, big numbers. I think, you know, somebody that we might be targeting on this upcoming underdog draft here. Uh, any thoughts on OG? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, man. That Raptors team is is just really exciting with uh, filled with young talent right now. Uh, a lot of guys that I'd be looking at. I think Siakam actually is someone that I, I'm really interested in coming off a down year. And yeah. not to not to pivot away from OG, but I just don't have much to add. I, I'm totally with you there. Uh, but Siakam's a guy that I actually for, wanted to bring up because uh, he's somebody that I'm interested in 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 a lot of different ways because we. Two years ago, we came out of this season thinking, talking about him being a top 25 guy. Now, he disappointed a little bit in the playoffs that year, but um, 
you know, in, in the bubble particularly. But, you know, he hasn't had a conventional season since before that bubble period, since before the COVID shutdown. He had the bubble and then he was in uh, playing in Tampa and that whole Toronto season kind of was was crazy. But this is a guy that only his silver PSA Prism 10 out of 2016 only has a pop of 187 right now. So it's under 200 and yeah. he's down 10% over the last month. I'm I'm expecting a big bounce back from Siakam, and we know what kind of numbers that guy could put up. You know, the reason that they were doing so well in that first season post Kawhi, and they had a 51 season, is because he basically took that load and yeah. and was dominating. I mean, he was an All Star. I don't know if he made the All Star, I don't remember, but he was an All Star caliber player. And we we literally did leave that season thinking this guy is this guy's in that in that tier, and and, and he's just backslid so much in the eyes of many people that you know that is the kind of guy that I would still be looking to buy before the season starts because I'm expecting him to have a really big year as well. Especially down 10%, as you mentioned, low pop count still from the 2016 class, if I yep. remember right. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, I mean, as soon as he comes back, you'll probably see an instant spike as those numbers pop, uh, another spike. So yeah, definitely somebody that I would be interested, interested in on that Toronto team as well, somebody that's, that's bound to put up numbers and just has a massive, massive ceiling still uh, to, to grow into this league. Yep, totally. Yeah, right, he's so easy. Right, you mentioned he's injured. He'll be back in a few weeks, I believe. So um, uh, a guy that I think is probably worth talking about here because this was a, we talked about this on the podcast in the playoffs when the Clippers were making a run, but uh, Terrence Mann, who was yeah. a, a, a definitely a sell for me in the playoffs when we peaked, and we talked about the insane numbers that I got for some of those immaculate RPAs back then, uh, you know, at the beginning of the offseason, and, and especially with, with knowing that he's what he's capable of, stepping into this, you know, Kawhi scoring role in a lot of ways, uh, became a buy for me as well. You might be similar a little bit to the uh, Jordan Poole you know, thing here. However, um, you know, his silver PSA, although it's up 11% over the last month, is still very much a buy for me because it's way more affordable than the 400 plus dollar Jordan Poole silver 10, same draft class, 2019, uh, pop of 258. And you can get that for between 150 and 200 right now. So wow. that is way more of a buy despite the 10% growth over the last month. And he's going to have to handle a big offensive load to start the season too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, guys, obviously, PG is the guy and we'll talk about him probably a little bit in this underdog draft that I'm just from a season long and, and, and best ball perspective, I'm incredibly bullish on. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we know what he could do. But after that, it's your guess is as good as mine as far as who's picking up that offensive loan. Is it Terrence Mann? Is it Reggie Jackson? Like with what he did in the playoffs? Is it Eric Bledsoe? Is it Marcus Morris? Is it a mix of all those types of guys? Terrence Mann's my guy for sure. I love that kid. The only reason I sold in the playoffs is because you had to if you if you had any sense. But right. um I'm still a full believer in long-term, and I still have plenty uh, of Terrence Mann that I'm holding on to. I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. I'm going to go over to the top shot side, and this nice. guy's a little bit a little bit pricier, but we're on the eve of the Run It Back series. The top shot's going to drop for the 0506 class. If you're, if you're listening to this in time, hop into those queues. Uh, it's going to be just a, I think, very successful drop for top shot and for the economy over there. But I'm interested in a, in a more recent guy, Michael Porter Jr., and this moment isn't cheap, so maybe if you've had some success on Top Shot or if you've got some extra funds to throw around, his Series 1 MGLE, it's uh, his metallic gold, is a dunk from his rookie year. It's his Top Shot debut moment, minted to just 299 And wow. I think this MGLE set, uh, Gary, you probably know just as better as I, just as well as I do, that this kind of the gold uh, packaging on those Top Shot moments I think is going to play well long-term. So if we see Top Shot win out long-term, I think this set specifically will carry value uh, more totally so agree. than other sets. 
if it wins out, these are the type of moments that I think will really hold value. This this set, I think, is a great set. I think Porter is one of the league's premier young players. It's his debut rookie moment, his first ever top shot moment. Uh, I think it's super valuable, and it's cheaper than R.J. Barrett's same moment. So that R.J. Barrett's MGLE moment is $400 more expensive on the site now, and we know from the physical card market that that would be flipped. So uh, our, boy, our boy R.J. Barrett is more expensive on Top Shot at least uh, his Series 1 MGLE moment than he is in the physical card world. So uh, it's $2,100. It's not cheap. If you've got some money to throw around on Dapper, I think that's a mo- uh, that's one of those moments that could hold serious value long-term and have serious growth as MPJ is another one of those guys that's going to have to carry a big load this to start the season with Jamal Murray out. Such a good call. And what do you think that tells you about the difference in uh, customer base of Top Shot and physical? Because RJ is obviously a guy we both love, but there's no world in which RJ no. should be more expensive than Michael Porter Jr. So I, I'm curious as to to what that might say about the the, the consumers. Now, I should say that uh, RJ's moment is one of those rare triple badge rookies where it's his, fair, it's from fair. his debut game as well. So right. I'm sure there's, there's definitely some value uh, added there. But I, I do think it's a larger point. If you guys are migrating from the physical card world or, you know, you found us from fantasy and are migrating to the NFT world, I don't think that it's fully caught up from a collectible sense. I think the customer base on Top Shot is still more crypto centric uh, as opposed to, you know, got into it from like like you, Gary, you were, you know, into into sports cards back to 2017 and 2018 and in breaks and flipping cards as a day job. I don't think that the customer base over on Top Shot is, you know, exactly to that caliber. So we do see some differences where guys that we would expect to be more expensive in the physical card world are actually cheaper on Top Shot and vice versa. So if you if you have strong conviction that more people that are into physical cards will migrate over, uh, definitely some some opportunities for buying windows there. Or if you just think that the you know the crypto bros as they're called uh, wise up on Top Shot and and start to value Michael Porter Jr. to a level that they should, and his price starts to exceed RJ Barrett's, then you know there's there's certainly windows there too. But I, I to your point, yeah, I think there's just a different customer base in the physical world and the NFT world. I also just wonder if RJ Barrett maybe is more of a, a known name and there might be more people Nick's in New York. product and Nick's, yeah, yeah for sure. top top prospect coming out, you know, and, and just it's it's interesting though. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you there. Uh then you know, you, yeah, you're right though. You have to keep in mind that that is that three badge uh rookie as we wait for three people to fill up this underdog draft here. So we're getting there. Um yeah, another guy that I think was on both me and your yours list, me, that's you know, you both of our lists is uh, Dejounte Murray of of the Spurs mm-hmm. and somebody that is a little bit harder to find data data on, um, but is somebody that we both like a lot. And that's because you know out of that 2016 Prism, same as Siakam we were talking about, his silver is only a pop of 119. So it's almost I almost liken this to your Stefan Diggs buy. If you could find yeah. these types of cards uh, between this two and two hundred and three hundred dollar range that they seem to have sold for in their last two sales over the last month. Um, I I'm totally fine with that because he has shown a uh, plenty as he was the main guy on that Spurs team last year that he's going to be able to carry the load still a really young guy. And I think has still has plenty of room to grow as somebody that I'm really bullish on going into the season. Could not agree more. Yeah. These, these cards where it's really hard to find 
pop counts on really really hard to find cards that are just in circulation. Uh, if you're looking at Card Ladder, which is a resource that Gary and I reference a lot, you can just click buy it now on eBay uh, uh, from their dashboard, and it'll take you to the exact card that they're referencing. Uh, there's one listed on eBay right now, I think for a 650 buy it now, and I've submitted a couple offers to no avail. So uh, the buyer or seller is clearly not willing to buy, uh, willing to sell below what he's got it listed for. So if you can get your hands on them, if you're looking at auctions, if you're keeping an eye out at setting uh, setting alerts, I think DeJounte Murray is definitely a guy that uh, I'm willing to buy heading into the season. Totally agree. All right, I'm going to keep it with with Top Shot for one more guy from that MGLE set as we continue to wait for a few people to fill this underdog draft. Um, same reasons as I mentioned for Michael Porter Jr. I am very excited for Kendrick Nunn's Series 1 Top Shot debut moment for my Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, it's right around $444, which is cheaper than Eric Bledsoe, cheaper than Tobias Harris, guys that you know we don't expect to have long-term hobby value, long-term collectibles value, even though they're from the Series 1 in Top Shot. I think that that none long-term should have more value. And we're going to find some, some short-term selling windows on him as well. But it is from his rookie year, also minted to just $299. Uh, you know, none's going to have to step into some minutes uh, on this Lakers team. They're they're a little bit shorthanded with THT going down, with Trevor Reza being out for a while. And none can actually play off ball, where we know that like we have ball-dominant LeBron James, we have ball-dominant Russell Westbrook. They're going to need somebody that can play off ball. So I think Nunn's going to step immediately into minutes. I think that that price on his Series 1 MGLE moment will pop as the Lakers are playing in these, these high-profile games. So very excited for Kendrick Nunn's Series 1 moment on Top Shot. Yeah, we're in agreement again. I um, I actually just finished up. We, we were going for as a slow draft for most of it, but a startup dynasty uh, fantasy basketball league tonight. I had a, a draft that we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. We finished it up with a fast draft tonight with a bunch of my buddies from, from high school and growing up. And uh, none I picked in like the 19th round and just figured still young, you know, for this season, I think he had some value. And, you know, on a two-year contract with Lakers, we've seen as a, it's a DraftKings scoring actually. So we've seen as a point per minute guy that he has produced in the past many times with the ball in his hand. So somebody that I think also, if he does have that opportunity, especially on nights that Russ might sit or if LeBron sits and just, just in nights where they're going to need his production. Cause I think we'll, we'll, we'll see those types of nights um, that he's somebody that is definitely worth, you know, taking, taking a shot on because we he's, you know, we've talked about the fantasy success crossing over to hobby success and we, he, we know we can put up numbers. So. Yeah, definitely. And if you know you're looking to fi find somebody to buy and hold long term, uh, none I believe is on a two year deal. He's one of these guys that we're we're kind of seeing a little bit of this trend where he's a young guy, but he's chasing a ring to kind of boost his value on a two year deal with the uh, second year as a player option. So you know if he balls out this year, you could see him get a major contract for another team next year and really just step into a massive role. So I think there's plenty of outs if you're you know, using this as a form of investing in Kendrick Nunn. I think you have yep. plenty of outs to sell at a higher price later on. I completely agree. Um, all right, this all right, bad boy so, filled up, huh? Yeah, we're, 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 we're there, we're filled up, and we are at uh, 111. All right, we'll see how this thing goes. So, um, yeah, I know you've done a couple drafts recently, right, over the last day or so. Have uh, Coming out of this spot here, have, have what, what are your thoughts? We're obviously, around the turn on the back end. It's not fun because I, I really like the top end. Obviously, Joker and Harden and Giannis, and especially Harden with the Kyrie, Kyrie news, news, you know, and, and guard being kind of one of those positions that we want to fill early and then maybe take a, a few more guys to kind of round that out like we do with wide receivers in NFL best ball drafts. 
Uh, but man, this it, it really does feel like it kind of drops off. So we'll see where we what what we've got available to us at 111, uh, and where we can go from there. But you and I are kind of in uh, in agreement on our macro draft strategy and and positional allocations and things how we go about that there. So totally, yeah. Joker they, goes um, off the board at the 101. Giannis at the 102, kind of as expected. Most of these guys, at least from a collectibles perspective, are you know just a bit out of our price range. Uh, but both guys that you know that I am invested in, right? Like uh, Jokic, yes. I have the blue prism rookie. I have the uh, purple prism rookie in the BGS nine fives. And I'm just, uh, you know, he's my favorite non, non Nick, maybe of all time. Um, Giannis, you know, just coming off the championship ring, plenty safe there. Luca and Harden go three and four. Not much you can do with those two guys that you're heavily invested in. It's, it's you know, kind of crazy that probably, like you said, two of your uh, non-Knicks that you're most heavily invested in, and you get one that wins an MVP and one that wins a ring. Exactly. Uh, not not a bad year for you. Not at all. Not at all. And, um, you know, again, I did sell off a little Giannis around the, the championship, but nothing too IM because it's it's one of those guys, and I talked about it during the playoffs, that I'm just so comfortable having long-term. I'm not, I'm not too concerned. Right. So... Uh, you know, and, and you, you always you always want to free up liquid here where you can, which is why I'm going to be selling a lot of my mid tier Herbert and stuff like that. But Giannis is, you know, I I do see it going that LeBron KD level where like it's it's never going to come back down necessarily, uh, the high end. So, uh, all right, what do we got here? So Tatum, Durant, we have the two wings go six and seven. Is that a little early for Tatum, or is that where he normally goes? That's about right for Tatum, yeah, and Tatum six, is a guy six, that six, six, Tatum eight, Tatum's seven. a guy that we should mention because Tatum is, I mean, due for probably another leap this season. In in Kemba's out of town now. He's been great alongside Jalen with with Jalen coming back. Uh, we've seen Tatum's silver start to jump a little bit. Um, the last 30 days, it's gone from about 2,400 to 2,600. Yeah. As we hop on the clock here, I'll finish that thought. Uh, so what, what what's your thoughts here? Is is Paul George good enough to call him like an anchor wing and kind of go that route because Kawhi's I, I, out? I think he definitely is this yeah. season for sure. So then I think I we mean, go that route. Maybe, maybe not in seasons past, but with Kawhi out, he's going to going to carry just a massive load for this team on the offensive end. I'm um, totally comfortable getting him there. He's yeah, you 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 said it. I mean, he's he and he. We know we could put up fantasy numbers like like elite right. fantasy numbers. So yeah, he's he's going to be just massive this year. Right? There's no doubt about it. So what right, so you know we're, we're yeah go ahead. What, what what I referenced was kind of this anchor wing build. And if you read the article from the Established Run team on the site on how to win NBA best ball, you'll kind of see that this this has kind of been a, a draft strategy, at least last year, that worked out for plenty of success. You draft one of these wings early, kind of wait on them, uh, you know, maybe take, <clears throat> excuse me, five or six total, and then really load up on guards, maybe take yep. a big early, and then only hold to, you know, three or four bigs at So most. do you want to go guard or big here? So what are your thoughts on the top three guards? Because I think that would be a decision point. If you think one of those guys has, you know, uh, league winning upside, which for sure I think yeah, Westbrook, I think, I think they, all three of those yeah, guys do. I think, West, I, I think let's go Westbrook here. I think we know he doesn't like to take nights off really, right? Former teammates, Russell Westbrook and Paul George. I think that makes sense at the turn. Um, Russ, no signs of slowing down. LeBron's going to need him to carry the load a lot this season. And, you know, I don't think it really matters necessarily. We've seen, we see, he saw him go next to James Harden. We've seen him next to Paul George. Um, you know, I don't know if it necessarily matters. And we saw him next to Bradley Beal last year, who his teammates are for him to get his production in there. So, you uh, know, signs of slowing down last year. He, he, he made his case for all NBA down the stretch last year once again. And just from a fantasy perspective, it's hard to do better than Russell Westbrook until further notice. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about his market after the trade to LA. I don't know where that's settled in since then. But yeah, I mean, Westbrook's going to be a beast. We know what he's going to do in terms of fantasy. I want to finish my thought on Tatum because Tatum, hey, Tatum came off the board at 1-6. 
His silver is up a little bit. I still think it's pretty reasonably priced if you have the capital to throw around. His silver started the last 30 days at around $2,400. It's up just about 8% to $2,600. But if you don't have the $2,600 to throw around on a single card, check out our friends' dibs. We've talked about them plenty. Fractional Marketplace dibs. And you're able to buy and sell and trade shares in high-end sports cards 24-7. He is a great buy on dibs last right now. As I mentioned, the last sold on eBay was $2,600. His silver PSA 10 has a market cap on dibs of 2280 So you're getting a nice, nice discount if you go and snag a couple of shares of that thing on dibs. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And yeah, Tatum's just, he's so well positioned this year. And his teammate, Jalen Brown, we'll talk about him probably shortly as well, but somebody that I'm also really high on. I think both of them together this year take take another leap for sure. Yeah, we see we see Bam come off the board. I know Bam was a guy that you were buying quite a bit of this offseason. We're starting to see, uh, you know, his, his base market slow down quite a bit, uh, down 16% over the last 30 days, but his silver market holding strong. Are you still a buy on Bam heading into the season? Yeah, overall I am. And, you know, bigs are always a, a, a tough uh, position to evaluate, but Key is somebody that we know I think is just going to keep adding to his game and is such an elite defender already, uh, such an athletic guy that, you know, we, we see him just be trusted in these huge moments to be an anchor on a team. And I'm, I'm excited about that Miami team. So I'm so excited about Bam. You know, the reason that base market's down, we've spoken about it, but like I, I got back two of his base PSA prisms in my huge order that I got back a yeah. couple months ago. And people are just still getting those ultra uh, modern orders back. So that pop just keeps going up. And in turn, the um, value keeps going down. So he's a guy that, you know, they, they added Lowry in the off season. We can talk about hero when, when that comes up in the draft, but, Hero's market is up as he looks like he might have returned to his bubble self so far throughout the preseason, looking looking like the tiro, hero that we expected. Um, but Bam could be a guy that leads this team in scoring. And maybe yeah. that's a hot take, but he certainly has that offensive upside. The last time we saw him, he was timid uh, in, in their sweep uh, when they got swept by the Bucks. That wasn't wasn't all that encouraging with uh, the, the taste that he left in our mouth there. But I think Bam is certainly somebody that could lead this team in scoring. As you mentioned, you know, just a, a massive defensive presence. And I think this team's going to be pretty good. I think they're they're well positioned with the pieces that they added to contend in the East. As long as they stay healthy, man, they they really do have a lot of a lot of quality pieces there. Uh, Hero is somebody that I'm hoping gets back just because by nature of when I started collecting, I ended up with a lot of Hero and I didn't I sold as much as I could in that like week long period that he was bubble Hero. But I still have a good amount of high end Hero, including a true National Treasures RPA 9510. So, um, oh, baby, you know, that guy, I, I at one point that was almost a $20,000 card. Oh, so, baby. you know, it, it's just, you know, he's somebody that the hobby loves and. He, you know, I, I do think that the sophomore slump last year, we're getting that third year uh, return for, for Hero this year. At least it, it's it's setting up that way. You know, absolutely. All right, we're going to be on the clock here in a little bit, and, and there's there's not much orange on our board, which means we don't have a big to kind of anchor down here, nope. unless any of those guys interest you in the uh, at the three four turn. I don't think so. I mean, from an ADP wise, DeAndre Ayton is the only one, which is also a, a very interesting name hobby wise. Uh, we'll we'll talk about him in a second. But what about you? I, I don't think it might be worth pulling the trigger on one of these guys yet. No, I think there there might be someone there, kind of at that four five turn, the uh, five or I guess it'd be five six turn that we might be yeah. able to uh, consider. We want to get one of those guys, you know, in the first five or six rounds to kind of anchor this lineup as we only take three or four bigs. Uh, but I think we we go back to the guard well if one of those guys is available over the next couple of picks. 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you there. And you know, it's yeah, the wings wings are also there's still some very solid wings on the board here, but I think with the anchor wings we'll be able to kind of dive into that next tier for our our uh, second to third wings and we can kind of keep hammering down on that guard strategy that uh I know has proven to work as you've spoken about uh, in the past. Yeah, and the guy at the name the name at the top of the board there, DeJounte Murray, we got one pick to go here. He might make it to us. Uh, you know, guy that we're we're interested in the hobby when we can get our hands on stuff. Uh, as as we mentioned just a few minutes ago, it's not that easy to get your hands on stuff, but certainly somebody that I think is going to put up numbers this year. Hopefully that'll translate to fantasy success and I'll also translate to success in his card market. Yeah, we'll absolutely. See. I mean, uh, and here we go. Yeah, and Edwards just went. So let's go ahead and take our guy, Dejounte. There, there's no doubt about it. He's uh, just a, a, a young kid, super athletic, and you know puts up puts up real numbers. And I, you know, he was really relevant in DFS a lot of nights last week, last year. I can tell you that, which translates perfectly well to this format. So, and at the turn, we're gonna hop back on to the clock here. Um, I'm kind of glad Ingram went because Ingram would have tempted me there with yeah. with the Zion uncertainty. Any of either of those two wings at the top there with Tobias Harris or Chris Middleton interest you, or do we hop to another guard there? Yeah, I mean, I would have hoped uh, Edwards made it back there. Um, Tobias, if Ben Simmons wasn't playing, would interest me here, but now yeah. I'm now that concerns me again. Uh, you know, all these guys in this this range are, are interesting to me. Do you like Middleton? Yeah, I think we can go Middleton there. He can be our second big, and we can really just go on that. You know, hyper fragile wing build as as we kind of have another anchor and another strong pick there in the fourth round and just really go with five i think i think we can be pretty comfortable with five wings there and really hammer down the guards and the bigs yeah middleton uh is actually someone we should talk about here so first of all as steady as they come from a fantasy perspective as long as he says healthy you know exactly what you're getting which i like but he's someone we should talk about because now an nba champion now a multiple time all-star not necessarily getting the love in the hobby. He's out of that coveted uh, 2012 yep. prism class in that Pistons, I think, summer league uniform is the picture. <laughs> and I just did a quick search. Let's see if he's on card ladder. But, you know, he is a base PSA 10 prism. Only a pop of 284 is only $150, $160 card. To me, that's kind of crazy for what is now a multi-time all-star and NBA champion. Now, that just might tell you that Based on the way he plays, the kind of player he is, he doesn't he doesn't excite in the hobby. But I do think if you think this Bucks team has legs to to win it again or at least be heard from again, I don't think that's a bad buy. I think it's more of kind of like your your safe portfolio play. You know, um, you might not make it. You might get you might get rich off Chris Middleton, but you might see an increase from a hundred forty dollar card to a two hundred dollar card at some point. And if you buy up a bunch of those, you know, you might see a steady increase, uh, kind of like your four hundred one k. Let it sit. Chris Middleton's a great player. He's an NBA champ. It's crazy because he's going to be tied to Giannis for you know as long as as long as that team remains successful and and based off of the moves that they made and based off as good as they looked last year, I don't see that uh, any reason for that team not to be successful. So it's almost um, like a it's almost like a bird and McHale, you know. Yeah, it's just like, just uh, let it just let him ride for as long as Giannis continues to dominate the league. And you know, as you mentioned, not a card that you're likely to get rich off of. I would be shocked if this thing went from you know 158 dollars to 500 or a thousand dollars. Um, but we saw this thing really pop last season during the postseason, uh, and I think we even kind of made some jokes that this is the perfect time to sell, which it probably yeah, was, uh, it in, was in yeah. the, the heat of their championship run. But now another good buying window, and if you want to hold on to it long term, or if you want to hold on to it just until they make another title run, certainly feasible. But yeah, back to July, that thing was up upwards of 300 350 $350. So. And if you're a Chris Middleton, just absolute 
you know, real believer and real fan. The silver only is a pop of 18. Those silvers were super coveted from that 2012 class and is around a $1,200, $1,300 card for So for one of the top 25 players in the NBA, for the silver out of the best prism class, um, you know, that card for any other rookie of that class, Clay, Draymond, whatever you want to consider, you know, like those first year slash rookie types, guys, Kawhi, obviously, Kyrie, would be triple, quadruple, quintuple that. So, you know, for a multi-time all-star, uh, you know, top 20, 30 guy at $1,200. It's not a terrible price if you could find yeah. it. I, I didn't think this conversation would, this draft would devolve into Chris Middleton talk, but <laughs> here we are. Why don't you scroll back just for a second on the draft board? I want to kind of yeah, see some yeah, of these names that we, anything that we so, may have missed. I see yes, Ben Middleton. Simmons just went there towards the end of the fourth round. I actually was lucky enough. I had a couple of Ben Simmons base. Uh, he's out of that 2016 class. I had a couple of those base PSA 10s listed, and mm -hmm. people just sniped him at, at the buy it now price. So uh, maybe people hoping for that trade to go through. Maybe people, you know, excited to see him back in Philly. I'm not sure what the case was, but uh, I, I wasn't super excited when he was returning to Philly. I thought the, the hobby interest in him potentially changing jerseys was going to wane. So I was okay offloading that position where I did. Agreed. Uh, we see OG go in the fifth round. Uh, love to see that for our guy, OG. He's, I mean, he's going to be a monster this year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit before ADP, but I'm guessing that ADP has been rising as well. So he just went uh, before pick 50. So uh, OG is, you know, a, a total stud. And another interesting name right behind him, Chris Stapps Porzingis at the pick 50 over there. So also seven picks before ADP. Um, someone that needs a bounce back gear for his career, for the Mavericks yeah. to be good, uh, for, for Luca to really thrive, for his market, which was once really strong in New York out of that 2014 prison class, to also bounce back. I just so. noticed something. I think a friend of the show, Ryan Reynolds, is in the draft. Do you see that? Get Ryan. out of here. Is I got I got to text him. He just drafted oh. our boy R.J. Barrett in the fifth round, too. I, that yeah, might he's be got him. Harden, Beal, and LaMelo. That's a good team. And John Collins and R.J. Barrett. All right, I love, that. Go, I love that. I love that team. Probably also drafting from the ETR ranks, as many people in this draft room uh, likely I'm are, sure, because I'm they're sure. so damn good. Uh, sure. um, so, yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, all right. So, we're coming up here in two picks. Uh, what, what are your thoughts here? Do you like Jonas Valanciunas at that 58 ADP? Because that's right where we're sitting. And if not, we should wait once more on the bigs here. Yeah, I do. I, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in that Pelicans lineup. I don't know if you've been paying much attention to their preseason wow, rotation. Kyrie Irving just went. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, have you been paying much attention to their preseason rotation? No, but because let's if, take him and talk about it because just from a from a yeah. large point of view, I'm a huge Joe Val fan. As someone that played Absolutely. every night NBA DFS, that guy is the most underappreciated fantasy star that exists. So uh, I, I love Jonas Valanciunas. And yes, the change of scenery might be slightly scary, but I, I'll never doubt the ability for Joe Val to put up numbers. So I think getting him there makes me feel comfortable getting one of those bigs in the first five rounds. And especially with this dude's upside and you know, God forbid if if Zion is forced to miss time, uh, he could be an absolute monster. 2020 type upside, 20 point, 20 rebound type upside. So love that there. I think we can confidently feel good about uh, having an anchor big, yeah. as they would say. So Agreed. where where are we at now? We've got Terry so Rozier, Car only, uh, Karis Lever, Andrew Wiggins, Kyle yeah, Lowry. The only the person from a ADP perspective that is, is getting value on is Karis Lever. I don't know if I want to go in that direction. I understand the excitement. Um, I'm pretty bullish on that top guard right there, though, Terry Rozier. 
uh, as am I, I'm very bullish on this Charlotte team. And, and I'll let you take that from there. What do we think about LaMelo's market heading into this season? Because I've heard a lot of media pundits. I've heard a lot of smart people talking about LaMelo Ball. I've heard a lot of yeah. smart people talking about the Charlotte basketball team. So how do you feel about LaMelo heading into the season as, as probably the hobby's hottest name? Yeah, I mean, he's the hobby's hottest name. He's not a price that I'm comfortable with. Um, I, I think there's some, the, the thing driving that still to me is the youth in the hobby that just love that guy. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what it is. This is just pure speculation. You know, the the, the ball name being a celebrity at his own right, uh, kids loving him, dads wanting to kind of snag up cards for for their kids. But more, moreover, just the, the, the face of the 2021 class, the modern day, uh, basketball, kind of the guard version of Zion, if you will. And I, I, I believe in the talent. There's no doubt I do. I, I don't know if I see it as the long-term, just absolute smash from a hobby perspective. You don't see the like kind of pass-first point guard, just a, a passing wizard, assist stud, long-term historically have the hugest, you know, the biggest names in the hobby. You just don't. I mean, Chris Paul is a good example of that. Um, you know, even guys like Nash and Kidd historically just don't have it. So even if those are his ceilings, I don't know if I'm comfortable spending these early prices this on early on in his career. Now I get he's got the swagger. He's more than just an incredible passer. He's a fantastic all-around offensive player. I understand that. But I just don't – he's just still way too expensive for me to be comfortable investing in. Yeah, it's 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 tough to disagree there. And I feel like a lot of people that are listening to the show probably feel the same way given the, the prices of his cards coming out of that 2021 class. Uh, yeah. let's take a look at the draft board here because I think there yeah. might have been some interesting names that went off the board here in these mid rounds that we can we can get some hobby takeaways from. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, let's just talk about our guy Rozier real quick. So I'm I'm with you on the on the Hornets team. Like I, I love the play pieces on that team. Mm -hmm. I really like Terry a lot in fantasy this year. I mean, he was just it, it's it's under underappreciated how much of a stud he was last year, and now. Um, you know, Monk is gone. Devontae Graham is gone. Yeah, they bring in Book Knight. But to me, that is a Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, 1-2 backcourt. So I'm excited to see what those guys do. Um, P.J. Washington, a guy on that team that's an interesting name for a big that holds a little bit of a market. Here's a name. Clay Thompson just went off the board. Oh, baby. Yeah. Um, excited What's to that, see Clay. Where, how's that for ADP for him? Do you have that pulled up? Yeah, sure. I wonder. So, actually, slightly after. About, about right. Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah. Do we know any news as of right now on when Clay Thompson is expected back? I think the last I had heard was December, January, but he's another one of those guys that, as we just mentioned, is out of that 2012 class. And man, if he steps back into that lineup with Steph, with Draymond, with the the young pieces that they added, Wiggins, Wiseman, man, I mean, that, that could be a true powerhouse if Clay is what Clay was when we last saw him. Yep. So, he, I, the, the time I keep hearing is Christmas for Clay. Okay. So right around that, that Christmas time. So, you know, still missing the first quarter of the season or so. But yeah, I mean, people are anticipating the return of Clay. Obviously, he's going around pick 65, 70 in underdog. That's that's nothing to scoff at. Also, he uh, has a pop of 708 on his base. This is a you know, perfect example when we can still talk about base as a, as a metric here for that 2012 card value card ladder value of a thousand dollars right now and that's a 25 percent growth over the last month so people are certainly excited about clay thompson's return uh i have one of those cards not uh, ready to get graded uh excited about getting graded i love the idea of holding clay one of the best shooters of all time future hall of famer uh, as an investment piece uh I, I but i'm taking a wait and see approach with clay it's a scary injury he just suffered 
I'm not too worried about his ability to be a, an effective NBA player, just the way he plays as far as kind of a minimal movement, minimal uh, ball handler, just absolute shooter stud. I am a little bit worried about his ability to return to what he was on the defensive end of the court, but I am excited about the return of Clay Thompson. There's no doubt. Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, wait and see approach, but, you know, hold, no need to sell right now. Obviously, there's there's definitely hype there. That hype's going to continue when he gets to, to the point where he's ready to return in a couple of months. And then you can see how he performs, you know, it, it, but this is also a guy that has long-term standing value, as as you mentioned, one of the league's best shooters, played on those those Warriors teams that were dominating the league, likely Hall of Famer, definite Hall of Famer, uh, 2020, 2012 class. There's, there's really not much to... Uh, not many holes to poke in the Clay Thompson armor in terms of his card card value. Yep, agreed. And we're up here in two picks, and then there's a couple of names between there that I think will be interesting to to talk about. But uh, what, right, what are your look, what, let's what are your take thoughts at the top of the board here? Because I think there's there's some some picks dripping with upside if we don't get too far from ADP here. Uh, oh man, he just went, didn't he? Jalen Suggs. Yeah, I, know you, Suggs I knew totally you were excited about Suggs. I'm yeah. excited about Suggs. Uh, definitely a guy to watch as products start to come out from this this rookie class. Yep. Totally what else agree. do you see at the top of the board there? So do you want to keep hammering guard away, or would you would you go back to wing here? I mean, we're right in that middle round, 7-8 here. Do you go one of each? I think just just looking at the way it's going to shake out, we have a few guards that we we might like at this round, and then we're yep. going to have plenty of wings to pick from. Okay, cool. Uh, just so there you, at the turn. So, who do you like here? Give me a name. We'll, we'll go I with think it. we go. we stick with the New York Knicks. We go Kemba. Uh, you can cheer for the hometown team. What are your what are your thoughts on Kemba as as the resident Knicks fan? Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about Kemba being in New York. Obviously, we haven't had a point guard of that caliber in a very long time. Yes, the injuries are concerned. Yes, the being past the prime is a concern. But you know what? He wasn't as bad as you would think last year. He still has the ability to score. He still has the ability to get to his bucket. We know he could shoot. And you know, the good thing about this Knicks team, and we'll we'll pick up this point in a second, is that they're deep. But, Go back um, to guard really quick because I think we'll find a wing that we we might like here. But I just want to make a point on just how much upside is still available at the guard position that we can yeah. we can kind of wait. We've got Nikhil Alexander Walker is a guy we talked about. Jordan Poole. Uh, you know, we've got Jordan Poole. I think there's Clark's still plenty team. of names there that we can get yeah. excited yeah. about. So let's let's hammer one of these wings. Do you have yeah. a, a lean on any I, of these guys? I, towards I'm the top? like I'm liking this guy. Let's do it. I, I like Kuzma a lot this year. Um, and I mean he just just was a stud in preseason yesterday. I don't know if you yeah. saw, but they're gonna need him. There's no doubt about it, right? We got Bradley Beal there in Washington. They'd bring in Spencer Dinwiddie. But I think that's kind of going to be that that big three as far as their offensive mm -hmm. production is concerned. And let Kuzma cook. We've seen what Kuzma could do when he cooks. Yeah. Let's not forget, he's very young and a very good offensive player. So I think he needed the change of scenery after him being the leftovers of that Ingram, Lonzo class, and LeBron just coming in there. And I think that he is someone, and the other guy I would have liked there would have been Miles Bridges, kind of got a, got a Hornet stack going there. But he is somebody that I just think is is a ton of upside this year. I also was able to get him in my Dynasty League that I just drafted, which I was super pumped about. And uh, a guy that I'd be interested to look at from an offseason buy perspective as well. Yeah, I was just pulling up his card market here. There's been some fluctuation. Obviously not a lot of sales. Still pretty low pop count on Cal Kuzma's 2017 Silver PSA ten a pop of three twenty five, but uh, most recently we've sold we've seen that thing sell for uh, right around one hundred and fifty dollars. That's a buy to me. That's you know reasonable price. I don't think that you're going to get burned too badly with a Cal Kuzma one hundred and fifty dollar card. As you mentioned, still a super young guy. He's going to have to be involved offensively with this team. Don't know what the Washington Wizards uh, team ceiling is, but Cal Kuzma is certainly a guy that could help himself by putting up big numbers this season. Yeah, totally. Um, 
I want to backtrack to one guy that went before our last group of tricks here, and it was somebody that we spoke about before the show here, and that's Darius Garland, who was an offseason buy for both of us. You know, Kaden Cleveland going into his third year showed a lot, especially during the second half of last year, still part of that backcourt tandem with Colin Sexton. The Cavs bring in Ricky Rubio to kind of help along in that sense this year as a distributor. But I think coming into his third year was a top four pick in that same class of Zion, RJ, and Morant. And I think is somebody that NBA players respect a lot. I think they look at Darius Garland and see a stud there. And I think we both do too. So so what are your what are your thoughts on Garland coming into the season? Yeah, Garland was a guy that I was scooping up, and it really started with, uh, you know, a kind of an off-season puff piece from, you know, probably a Cleveland Beat report. I don't remember who it was, but uh, just about his commitment and his commitment to getting better and commitment to training and the team's commitment to him. Uh, you know, that just got me very excited, so I started digging into Garland more. Steph Curry has said good things. Uh, NBA, A lot of NBA players have said really good things about Darius Garland. There's also the potential that Colin Sexton may be on the move as the team's commitment to Darius Garland seems to supersede their commitment to Colin Sexton. So I think there's a lot of outs if you're if you've invested this offseason in Darius Garland, maybe just another leap uh, as he matures in the league and potential outs with him just carrying a bigger offensive load. But uh, a guy that I've been very excited on, been trying to purchase up on top shot as he's part of that kind of the triple badge rookie class from the series one, if you will, has the the rookie debut moments in series one. And then definitely a guy that I'm trying to purchase up parallels and refractors on the physical side as well. Yeah, I'm super excited to have be invested in Garland. I mean, I had a bunch that I was able to get graded in my uh, ultra modern tier from last year. So at 10 bucks a card that came back a couple months ago, I have a blue prism PSA 10 in there. I have mm. two silvers that are both tens. So I'm really pumped about having, you know, what about $2,000 worth of Garland cards or so, because I think that's uh, $2,000 that could grow quite a bit this coming season. So, yeah. After Ryan makes this pick here at the nine, four, is it Ryan? Fo- is it confirmed? It, it is. It is confirmed. Ryan, he said he's dead money in NBA. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull him up, pull his team up and, and we're going to roast his team after he makes right, his pick in the, in the ninth round. <laughs> uh, but he, he did confirm that that's him. And he also confirmed that he's dead money and anything related to basketball. So we'll see. We'll see. Oh, we'll, I, li- we'll, I like his team. He's got he a just, good team. He just took Steven Adams. That, that might be my first pick that I don't like. But yeah. Not, else, a, not a big I, fan of Steven Adams, but no. Uh, I like I like everything else here though. Tough to go wrong with Harden. We just talked about Washington and that that Bradley Beal is obviously going to be a monster on the scoring end. We love Lamelo from a fantasy perspective. We love the love the Hornets. Nothing wrong with that uh, Marcus Smart pick either. Nope. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good team. Oh, where do you go here? Uh, yeah, and then wings. We got Collins, Barrett, and. Um, as he keeps kind of getting taken away. From I mean, him. anybody that drafted RJ Barrett has drafted a damn good team. Exactly, so let's just exactly. be honest. So the only difference in strategy here is that he hammered down the super high end wings without taking that anchor uh, guard, sorry, without taking that anchor wing, which I think is also a super viable strategy because the this tier of wings from that like 40s through 70s in ADP, we're kind of past yeah. it now, is really strong. You know, and and then even when you get down here, guys like Marcus Morris, I talked about this year. I'm interested in this year because of what his the role he's going to have to carry offensively for the Clippers. Kevin Herter, I know that Hawks team's crowded, but we saw what he could do in the playoffs. So just a lot of guys that I'm interested in, even at this range in that wing tier. So we'll talk about some of those when we come up here. But yeah, totally like his team a lot. Um, you know, I'm obviously Harden is someone that I think is, uh, you know, could be the number one fantasy player this year, no doubt about it. Yeah, definitely. Why don't let's pull up the bigs really quick because this yeah. is what happened in a lot of my drafts. I thought oh, I can wait for bigs. I can wait for my third and fourth bigs, and all of a sudden there was just no one available. I think we still so have some names that we let's like. Let's push this at least to the next pick, and let's go to a winger right. guard here. I think right. Um, 
What, what, what are your thoughts here? Do you want to go with one of those wings we were just talking about, or should we just keep hammering in on this guard tier? What oh, wow. Our... I, I kind of like that name at the top there with Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, uh, You too. know, six, six man in Utah, definitely some upside if there's games missed from Donovan Mitchell or, you know, any, anybody else on that roster that he just He's takes also... in much – kind of the perfect uh best ball player you know like he's gonna yeah, have weeks gonna have some games up. where he plays 24 minutes also gonna have some games where he's just an absolute monster and puts up you know 40 fantasy so, points so so i'm a big fan of this guy at the top i talked a little bit about him yes uh, if you want to go big here uh, and i think we can and then we can kind of really wait on our third big yeah uh, at that point so let's go pj washington i like pairing him with a, another hornet and rogier um but just somebody that Full of confidence, by the way. He came out recently and talked about how this Hornet team is is being slept on. He's going in also to his his third year. We've seen uh, real high upside with PJ in certain games. You know, we we know he could put up monster numbers. I just love that Hornets team with him, Miles Bridges, Rogier, Lamelo, uh, bringing in Book Knight. They just have a fun young core, all of them who, who can go off on any given night. So. Yeah, his silver PSA 10 is mega cheap. It's it's under $100 right now with a pop count of 630. So we've seen five sales in the last two weeks. And that thing is anywhere from 990 to $110. So, uh, you know, if you want to stack up a few of those and this Charlotte team really impresses and they're fun and they're a league pass team and, you know, LaMelo plays out of his mind, I think you're going to see some some definitely some big nights for Washington. Well, I mean, I mean, what do you think? Is he going to have any sort of hobby value or is he one of these bigs that you just stay away from? No, I don't think you do. I don't think you do. He he can stretch the floor. Uh, he could shoot a little bit. He's athletic. He's a Kentucky kid who always has followings. You know, it's a little that's a kind of a smaller thing, but definitely was a big name coming out. And um, if that Hornets team takes a leap, you know, we, we see them kind of be maybe uh, uh, make a running for avoiding the play in something like that as a top six seed. And and he also takes a leap. Uh, that's not a name I'm avoiding at all. I think that $90 card can easily double uh, for, for sure. We've seen that happen with with some bigs, and he's not necessarily just like your Steven Adams type of big. You know, He's somebody that is is an interesting name that is going to continue to grow his, grow his game. So that's somebody that I like a lot from a hobby perspective as well. Yeah, another interesting buy on Top Shot as well, if you're interested there, because his Top Shot debut moment from that same Series 1 MGLE group that we're so interested in that has a mint count to just 299. It's his rookie debut moment. Uh, it's a sick, sick dunk as we've become accustomed to with with PJ Washington highlights. So if you're interested in that, check him out on Top Shot. Uh, right around that same price tier as someone like Kendrick Nunn in that kind of 400 to 450 range. But uh, it's it's a pretty sick dunk if you're into actually collecting cool moments. Yeah, and give me Washington over none all day in that kind of in that kind of tier. You know, like give me somebody that would be with a secure, growing role on a team that he is, you know, wants to continue to improve in other than somebody that's kind of a, a role player on a LeBron team, you know? So right. if you're if you're comparing prices there, and I get the guard versus big thing, but PJ is somebody that I'm looking at there for sure. All right. The the board's starting to thin out. This is when the money is really made in these, you know, final rounds of the best ball drafts. What are we we got a few picks here, but what are we looking at? Let's talk about Ryan's let's talk about Ryan's last pick in Mo Bamba because he's jumping all over the Gallagher hype of Mo Bamba, taking him 20 picks before ADP. Um Ryan. No. I I don't I don't hate it. I I don't hate it. Let's talk about an offseason by low, man. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, from a fantasy perspective, there's going to be nights in DFS if this guy's cheap and steps into minutes, he's going to be just an absolute monster because he is a fantasy point per minute stud. All you so, need is 18, 18 to twenty minutes. If we get yeah. that from him, like you, you're you're dominating. You know? Yeah, and you can't can't hate on that at all. So, oh man, uh, the, the 
Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter. This it's just a nightmare. It's just well, a that, the bad. That's the problem with the Magic because they have too many guys. Like yeah. I like in a vacuum. Besides, we talked about this too. Actually, I believe back in the day. But I like they're like I like Jalen Suggs. I like R.J. Hampton and right. I like Markel Fultz. <laughs> I'm not huge on Cole Anthony, but they have all four of those guys. Like how do you parse that out? You know, uh, it's it's tough. Besides Suggs, like I don't know who's getting minutes. Yeah, and I think they're. I mean, from from a fantasy perspective, they're going to be a nightmare. I mean, obviously that team's going to be pretty pretty bad. I think they might be the favorites to have the worst record in the league. Uh, I think they've got like a twenty two and a half win total. It's it's going to be pretty rough. But there's also going to be nights where you need them in fantasy, and you know, you, who the hell do you pick? Right, I totally agree with that. That's why you play best ball, I guess. Yes, for sure. So my guy Kevin Herter, he a Terp just went off the board. Um, somebody that. For sure, you probably had some good selling windows in the playoffs last year, but I, I think it's still being slept on again. I think people are worried about a fully healthy Atlanta team, but we know that guy, uh, Kayvon Herter, ha- has it in him. So <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm still bullish on Herter as a buy in fantasy, yeah. as a buy in the mar- in the market in the card play, uh, card market. If the Hawks can repeat what they did last year, he's definitely somebody that I'm interested in. Okay, we're going to come up here quick, but you you mentioned Atlanta. I want to talk about uh, the main guy on Atlanta, Trey Young. His PSA 10 silver is down uh, over yeah. the last 30 days, 6%. One of the few, you know, kind of under 25 uh, relevant collectibles guys whose market is actually down. So what are your thoughts? In the last 30 days, it went from about 1,700 to 1600 i think a lot of smart smart people are in on this atlanta team they're really deep i think a lot of the guys at etr are in on this atlanta team as you know a playoff contender could make some noise what are your thoughts on their lead man trey young yeah i my, my thoughts are that he shouldn't be down as we just saw a run of bigs go off the board here and i'll, I'll pick oh, up baby. on the trey, trey young part point after this um, it makes me feel but, real good about getting that pj washington last yeah, round 100 because we would not be liking sitting here having to take brooke lopez so oh boy um, all right yeah, what what do you like here? I'm happy with a guard or a wing. Man, those those top three guys feel like they've got similar ranges of outcomes there. If you've got a lean, go for it. It's we got five seconds left on the yeah, clock. Of, of these three, from an upside perspective, yeah. my lean my lean would be Beasley. Um, so those three I, guys were were Malik Beasley, um, and Gary, Gary Trent, Trent, and Will Barton. Will Barton. So definitely some downside risk. You know, guys right like Will Barton here. Yeah, we're um, right back on the on the I board think here. Go I think wing. we got to take a wing definitely. Yeah. Um, what can you, how do you feel about Marcus Morris? I don't know if you're with me on, on, on my thoughts that he's just going to have to carry a big offensive load at the, uh, this season. Yeah. Let's go with Morris because I think there's, there's definitely more upside for big games than, you know, Ingles is definitely capped on that, on and that team what are your so thoughts? many options. What are your thoughts on kind of backing up Paul George with Marcus Morris too? Because we, yeah. you know, we, we have Paul George, obviously. I actually think Marcus Morris will probably be the second scorer on that team, but, yeah. um, e- either way, you know, we, we, he, he, the guy loves to shoot, but especially on nights that PG sits or just rests, you know, Morris is going to be, uh, you know, one of those DFS type must plays, I, I think, on any night like that. So, yeah, definitely. Was, and the, and the, the point of having this this like anchor wing build that we've talked about is that you have the consistency and scoring from Paul George, but then you also have the other guys around him that that are able to lift him up in the games that he misses. And I think having the direct direct correlation there, if we, if we're not getting the 40 plus fantasy points from George, because he's out, uh, then we've got Morris there to lift him up. So I, I'm sure there will be some rest for Paul George, even with Kawhi already uh, ruled out for so long, but uh, definitely having Morris there, there makes a lot of sense. And my Beasley thought is just a talent thing. I think he was the most talented of those three. I get, um, you know, he, he gets into some off the court stuff. They're, they're going to be full, uh, much healthier this year with what they expect to have a full season of D'Angelo and another leap from Anthony Edwards. But I just kind of want to see how that shakes out because 
that guy fi- makes makes a way, his way onto the court. He finds his way onto the court. He's a very talented player, and I think he'll have games and weeks if there's any injuries that he is going to be heard from. Maybe he's a name in trades if that their season doesn't go according to plan. So a very just talented, uh, valuable piece in that Minnesota team is Malik Beasley. Um, Seeing Will Barton's name and and Monty Morris up there as well got me thinking about so the the other Denver guy that we talked about the more uh, hobby name and Michael Porter Jr. I mentioned him on Top Shot, but I completely failed to mention him on Dibs as well. We mentioned Jason Tatum comes at a discount on Dibs from his last sold on eBay and his silver PSA ten. Same story for Michael Porter Jr. His last sold on eBay in the silver PSA ten was up twenty two percent, went for about six hundred and ninety bucks. You can find that same card, silver PSA 10, with a market cap of $523 on dibs. So, again, if you're playing around in those fractional streets, you don't have $600, $700 to drop on a single card, but you want to get invested in these guys, check out dibs, find out where the deals are to be made, and uh, and definitely Michael Porter Jr. is certainly one of those guys that I'm interested in. Yep, absolutely. So um, let's take it back real quick because I know we, before we picked, we were talking about Trey Young. Uh, yeah. You know, somebody that – I, I'm I, I'm fine with whatever stance you take on Trey Young because he's not like he's cheap. He's just slightly, slightly down. Yeah. Um, so I think if he is undervalued, it's minimal where, you know, I'm totally cool if you want to buy him because I think that he will have those moments throughout the season where he's just – that goes on to- to- crazy runs. We know he's a, a super popular player, an absolute superstar. We saw he could do it on the big stage last year. So – Somebody that is in that ultra modern 2018 class, but I'm I'm totally comfortable. However, you want to approach Trey Young, I think they'll be selling windows throughout the season, and um, you know your buying window is probably still right now. I'm gonna loop it all together here and throw you a curveball. What do you think about Trey Young? I think I saw him at 29 to one, 29 oh. to one to lead the league in scoring. Is, wow. is that team just too deep? Too many guys that could that could potentially score for him to you know lead the league like a Bradley Beal would and just carry so much of the offensive usage or is is there an outside shot that he could do that there's an outside shot at those numbers I don't hate that I mean he's definitely one of the few guys that can realistically be a 30 point per game guy so I don't absolutely hate that but they are deep that's the problem they are deep. so deep and um you know that 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 does make it tough right and if you, you're projecting DeAndre Hunter be back for a full season they right. I think they want they expect more things out of John Collins this year Bogdan around Luke Williams is back around right so Cam it's Reddish just, it's just hard right Reddish yeah. is going to be fully back we know Capella will have nights where he'll go 20 and 10 so it's just tough but uh yeah you you, you probably lean more towards a Beal in in that sense sure all right, let's let's take a quick glance through our roster here because we're starting to get to these final rounds. What do we what do we need? We've got six guards, four wings, two bigs. We probably need to think about a big here. Yep. Uh, maybe we can wait though if if some of these names don't pop off the board. Yeah, but it's going to get really thin really quick if if we don't move now. Do, do we feel we go, comfortable going three? Can I? Do we, can I? Yeah, no, we can. I think we could take it on the next one though. Maybe. Okay. Can, can we? Can I? Can I go on an executive pick? One of my favorite all time <laughs> players right now. Go for it. Uh, Lou Dort is is probably my favorite player in basketball. That isn't Nikola Jokic. Uh, if you haven't watched much Lou Dort basketball, stop what you're doing. Go watch Lou Dort basketball. That's all I'll say. And uh, no, I, I, I wouldn't mind taking another big here. Um, I like I like Mason Plumlee. He keeps going back to that Charlotte, but I love that signing for them. Yeah, we saw what the the, the the true five has done there, and we know Mason Plumlee has been a very uh, productive DraftKings type producer as well. 
Yeah, I'm good with that. I think he's going to be great for LaMelo. You know, we we saw him run the floor well as Jokic's backup. He's going to be there for lobs. He's going to be there to to do the dirty work. I think that's that's a, a pretty sharp pick there. Yeah, and we got him, you know, again, same thing. We kind of loaded up on these Charlotte guys. But, hey, if we're big on Charlotte, we're big on Charlotte, and I'm totally good with that. And yeah. We got him alongside PJ. I don't even look at him as a direct uh, competition to him. I think they'll start alongside each other very often, and that's that's totally fine with me as well in the right matchups where they're going to be, you know, they can exploit their competition through the front court uh the, those are both guys that we know can put it can do can get it done from a fantasy perspective so. yeah and we should mention like uh the way that this scoring and roster format works out we're we're not really expecting more than one of our bigs to crack any roster on any given week right. we're mostly most likely going to fill any flex position with a wing or one of these guards that we're taking so uh you know i don't feel too bad about having two charlotte quote-unquote bigs there but yeah if we get you know pj at the four and, and Plumley at the five and they play minutes alongside each other i don't view that as as too much no, negative correlation not a bad not a bad thing and i think we're pretty i think i'm set on bigs now you know as yeah. far as that's concerned so most likely we're going to be playing uh Jonas and and as long as he stays healthy we're going to be pretty content there yep Totally. Especially in those weeks where where Zion well, may be out. You want to build that? You want to build out a little bit of a queue here coming up. So we yeah, have seven guards and four wings. So we definitely need at least one more wing, right? So let's take definitely. a look. Um, you know, how many more picks do we have? We have two. It's a sixteen rounder. Yeah. So we have two more picks. Um, yeah, two more. So would you go one guard and one wing and go for that eight five three that we've seen to be successful? You know, it's it's tough to say because I actually feel oddly good about our guards given yep, where we went, you know, with those with those four guys. They weren't necessarily extremely high end picks, but we were we were pretty consistent in those middle rounds with Westbrook and Murray and those guys. So let's make sure we get a wing here. Is there anybody that jumps off the screen to you as someone Not, that's you know, dripping it's crazy. with upside? It thins out really fast around yeah. here. And, you know, that's the problem when you when you wait a little bit. Um, and I think Obi Toppin just went. Um, so yeah. you, you you wait a little bit and you you kind of miss out on those guys that go in that 150 range and you definitely have a tier jump. Uh, just for guys that we know will be on the floor a lot, that's this kind of all the same tier here of like a defense first but can hit a three. Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, Jay Crowder type. Um, Royce is somebody to me that is, has been historically underrated from as a fantasy uh, DraftKings commodity, particularly, which is where my experience is. There are certainly nights where he is worth playing. Also, you know that guys like Boyan miss a lot of games so that he picks up a little bit more. Now, he's a very low usage rate player. There's no doubt about it, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't fill up the box score in other ways. So he's somebody that I like. Um, and then uh, the other guy who just went, Jaden McDaniels, was the other guy I had my name, yep. my, uh, my, my eye on. I what think we'll, we'll see. We're eight picks away here. Um Looks like most of the teams, as we look at the board, are pretty filled up on wings with five, six, seven, some of them. So hopefully we see them go more uh, big or guard heavy and we get some of these wings left. But I think I'm with you on that either. Uh, you know, we see DFS, Dorian Finney-Smith up there, who should at least have a role. And then also Royce O'Neal, as you mentioned. So I think one of those two guys yeah, makes those, sense. What's, those what's, are the two I'm interested in most. What's Doug McDermott's role going to be like when this on the Spurs team? Is he going to be the the three ball it's, shooter that we've so, come to know in uh, in the last year with Indi Indiana. Yeah, it's a good point. He was actually started to become a little bit more than that last year, especially when Indy was really banged up in the middle and end of last year. We saw him be a viable piece from a, you know, a DFS perspective. He got a real real contract, 3 years, 42 million from San Antonio. I think that uh we and you know, obviously DeRozan and Rudy Gay are both gone. Um I think, you know, 
Doug McDermott will have a role on the Spurs team. There, there's no doubt about it. And he will be more than just a, uh, th- uh, you know, a, a stand in the corner and shoot threes. I think they're going to need him to produce a little bit more offensively than that. So that's a good shout. It's pretty wild how how <clears throat> quickly this board thins out and how quickly we lose relevant uh, guys to talk about in terms of uh, collectible value as well. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But there are like second year players that are interesting to me. Obviously, our guy Poku. Oh, Poku, is baby, we, man, we, I can't believe. Poku. Oh yeah, Poku's uh, one of those one of those upside bigs that if you get him that late, that's a great pick. Great pick yeah, there by totally, Ryan. Totally agree. And that would have been the the type of guy I would have looked at in this range yeah. if we didn't go with a Plumley there. Uh, and my other three best ball teams, I think, all have Poku. Well, by the way, Royce O'Neal was just stolen from us. So uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Royce O'Neal. So do you want to go with DFS or Infinity I think Smith, we go with DFS. Can, yeah. Yeah, I I agree there. And then. The only reason I would say let's go the eight five three is just because I don't know if I love any of these wings. You know, yeah. Let's see um, what the guard. Oh yeah, Marco I mean, Fultz our, up top. Yeah, but Anthony our guy, Melton. Our guy Melton, I think yeah. Melton's a guy that. Hey, you know what? Let's do Melton so we can have that Melton conversation because yeah. um, he is. And I, sh- if I wish we knew we were going to talk about Melton today because I have a sick oh. Melton card. Uh, I have his green scope out of Prism Choice, so it's out of eight, so it's his third lowest. Um, oh wow. Yes, third lowest Prism rookie card, PSA 10. It's, it's the only the black and the gold and the black are uh, better. And the Nebula, so I guess fourth, uh, are, are better cards. But DeAnthony Melton is a guy that any real hoops head loves DeAnthony Melton yes. because yes. he just he, – he balls freaking out. I think he's going to get that starting uh, two-guard spot in Memphis this year, at least while Dylan Brooks is out. So we're going to get – I think – Early buying opportunity right now on DeAnthony Melton because Brooks is out for a little bit of time here. Memphis is an exciting team that I think people will kind of, uh, especially people that watch basketball and invest in basketball, will kind of gravitate to on league pass. And I'm telling you, he's gritty. He's a good all-around player on both sides of the ball, and he's cheap. So just taking about real deep sleepers, he's somebody that from a fantasy perspective and a card perspective I love. 108 pop on his Silver Prism 2018 uh rookie card only a 50 dollar card 108 pop 50 bucks. you could find that for 50 yeah. bucks on the silver buy them up right now i'm telling you you'll be able to sell that for at least 20 30 more per pop uh, in a couple weeks i i'm sure of it yeah i'm looking now on ebay there's not obviously not many listed because there's only 108 total but there's one out there right now 95 dollars listed of, uh with a or best offer so if you're listening go throw some offers on that thing see what that thing goes for um yeah i'm with you there's there's definitely going to be uh at least an early season selling window and this is the type of guy that if you give him an opportunity early on in the season he earns the coach's trust even more and potentially carves out an even bigger role in this memphis team and i think this memphis team is going to be pretty good in a loaded western conference totally. so plenty of plenty of outs with somebody like the anthony melton for as cheap as he is only 23 years old Ooh. i don't know what the suns were doing letting that guy go uh, I'm going to, we'll, we'll review our team in a second, then we'll say goodbye. But he is just, I don't know what it is, but anytime he got real minutes, uh, just we would go nuts in the ETR room, just being excited yeah. about getting to play the Anthony Melton last year in DFS because he's he's just an exciting guy. And, and I'm, I'm pumped about having him on this team. So let's see. How do I get my our team back up here? Oh. All right. Now I have four. See, I have four total lineups, guys. I haven't been, I haven't been fully uh, in, invested in, in, um, the streets of best ball yet, but I will do plenty over the next couple of days. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, so- definitely, guys. Hop, hop, hop in there before you go over the team. Hop in there. This thing may overlay. I, I, I think they may. There may be some push to get this bad boy filled up. But uh, whether you're drafting on Underdog, whether you're drafting on DraftKings, these drafts have not filled quickly. Um, so hop in there. 
draft some teams use the etr nba draft kit i, I swear it's it's a lifesaver for this type of thing i haven't done much nba prepped other than for this show and for collectibles and i feel confident coming in yep. here and drafting against these heavy hitters like brian totally Reynolds. agree so <laughs> and, his, <laughs> and his mo bamba 20 picks before ADP. uh now we love you ryan and and i actually do like mo bamba but uh let's recap real quick because right, we're going on so pg we got that our anchor wing like that uh like russ also by the way guys i'm by we talked about me being a buy on russ a couple weeks ago yeah. or a month, month or so ago still so that still stands definitely a buy on pg as well uh, we saw him finally show up in the playoffs last year. This is his team this year, guys. We're we're going to see Indiana Paul George usage for the first time since he's left Indiana. And that's exciting for his fantasy and card market, I'm telling you. Uh, I sold his logo man 101 from Immaculate this offseason at 10 grand. Um, I was very happy to get 10K for that card. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but it's it's almost like, could I have possibly gotten more in season while he's going to get his mess usage? I don't know. But uh, just, just somebody to, to take, a, take a look at. For sure. Um, let's let's just go. That was our one, two. Let's go through our guards. We got our guy DeJounte, Terry Rogier, Kemba, Clarkson, Malik Beasley, Lou Dort, the best player in all of basketball, and DeAnthony <laughs> Melton. Uh, all guys. That I love I like that guard rotation. That's a sick guard I rotation. Love I love it. So yeah. yeah, we talked about Kemba a little bit. You know, the games that he produces, he'll be he'll end up in our lineup a couple weeks a year. Uh, Clarkson, we know we'll get in there. And then the 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 bottom three guys are guys with super high upside, a ton of talent. And are all ballers, especially Melton and Dort, just will be, they force their teams to, to hear from them. So uh, exciting, exciting names there. We did the 8-5-3, so we got five wings, PG, Middleton, Kuzma, Marcus Morris, and Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, maybe it thins out after Kuzma, but I'm pretty confident as long as those guys stay healthy that PG, Middleton, and Kuzma will be enough with uh, Morris and, and DFS supplementing it. Looking back at this thing, I, I think that we we just made one slight mistake given what we knew we got. If we had known what we were going to get with those guards at the end, I think we could have taken one of those uh, instead of drafting a guard in the kind of those middle rounds. We could have taken a wing. Uh, yeah, maybe, I agree. Maybe in that that's like this spot. In like yeah, maybe spot. right. Yeah, just as just as because like you said, Lou Dort is a guy that's got upside. Melton's a guy that's got upside. Maybe we could have taken a wing there. So but, if you look yeah. right in that same that same area, so we had just missed out on Kevin Herter, who's a guy I would have looked at. Yeah, Sean Tate, Rui Hachimura, but uh, even so. Um, no, I guess we drafted Marcus Morris in that same spot. So maybe maybe it's even the Clarkson range, you know, and like we, we yeah. were still so confident in in that. Um, you know, it, it's it actually really is how these were going for us though. Cause like if you look Dude, Sadiq, just, Bay, there was Kyle a run Anderson, right before right before us. But DeAndre Hunter was right there, uh Baisley. So you're right. I mean, they're guys we could have probably snagged up. Lubre is somebody that I think as we continue to be bullish on that Charlotte team. But yeah. you know what? I'm pretty happy with the 853 construction here. And then we have Jonas, PJ, and Plumley, the two Hornets centers. So uh I love excited, it. excited about that. No doubt. This was a ton of fun, guys. Thank you for being here. Uh, there will be a video posted to the YouTube channel, the Established the Run YouTube channel. Gary did a PSA reveal of a handful of cards, eight to 10 cards that are valued in around $50,000. Maybe he can flash a few of those here as we sign off, but sure. go check that video out. You can see the type of cards that Gary is dealing with, just some absolute monsters. We've got a Zion Williamson downtown PSA 10 monster card 20 grand card 25 grand card an absolute monster so go check that video out uh you know subscribe to the etr channel thumbs up that some thumbs up the video subscribe rate review on apple itunes uh, as always we appreciate you guys being here we'll see you next week enjoy all the sports that you have at your disposal now as nba kicks off as nfl 
is in full swing. F1 and UFC are always, always top of mind. For Gary, I'm Cody. We'll see you next week. Good luck in week six. Enjoy NBA tip-off. Just everyone enjoy this time of year. It's it's a lot of fun. Good. Take care. Take care. Everyone.